Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today's guest is a social media marketing entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Casual Fridays, the social media agency. He's the host of Casual Fridays podcast and a keynote speaker who I heard this past year at Social Media Marketing World. He's a rock star, and I'm pumped to welcome Tyler Anderson to the show. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Jesse. Super happy to be here today. I'm fired up, man, because you inspired me at Social Media Marketing World. I was like, this guy is speaking my language. I took more (laughs) notes from your presentation than any other presentation. There were a lot of superstars at that conference. But my question for you to start is like, your day job is social media marketing, but your focus is not on what brands have to say, but more on what customers have to say. Just share with me how this whole shift came from. Yeah, I mean, so for me, just obviously I started my business a while ago. I've been doing this for a while. I started my agency in 2009 and back then, yeah, you know, I don't know if you remember this. I had this in our in my presentation. Surprisingly, a lot of the people in that room were newer marketers. A lot of them were less than like three or four years. So their reality to them is it's just been tough to get organic success on social the last couple of years. And that's what they're used to. Some guys like myself who did this way back in the day, we used to have it so easy, Jesse. And I'm sure you remember that. We could go and I was telling this to a client the other day. Like It was a rooftop bar where the Padres played in San Diego overlooking Petco Park. And back in the day, like in 2009 or 10, we could literally look at the at our watch and like at 4.59, we'd be like looking, looking. And then the minute five o'clock hit, we just post a picture of beer. And it could have been like stock photography beer, right? We post a picture of beer and our caption would be like, happy hour starts now with an exclamation point. And that thing would get like 100 likes within 30 seconds, right? It would get shared like 100 times within the hour. And just social media was so much easier back then. Like you didn't really have to work that hard as marketers to get a lot of traction. Of course, over the years, it got a little harder, a little harder. But even back then, back in like 2010, the best content we actually saw, and it was like happening on Twitter back then, because people were tagging like this location, this bar, rooftop bar, taking all these amazing shots of Petco Park back then. And then they're tweeting it out and we would see it. And we just said, this is pretty cool. Like, wow, that photo is way better than what we could even promote or take on our own. And so through the Instagram, I'm sorry, through the Twitter account back then, we would literally say, hey, that's a cool photo. Would you mind if we use that? And they'd say, yeah. So we'd like literally right click save as, and then we'd use that on Facebook, for example, too. And that's how we got some of our best content was leveraging back then what we called user generated content. And just over the time, like we've also seen that that stuff's way more impactful. It's more trustworthy and one, we've seen studies that have been out there. People have done research studies on this, and it's, you know, it's more engaging, more trustworthy. I mean, we can rattle off tons of those stats. But at the end of the day, too, like I just like use the eye test for my own personal experiences. Like I trust stuff. Like If you told me you did something and you're posting about it on social media, I'm going to believe that way more than if the brand tells me about it, right? And it's just going to be... And, and I have so many examples like My wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you are a walking salesperson for products that you love. (laughs) Because if somebody does something or has a product that they like and I see it and I enjoy it, I will literally sell that thing on social media like crazy. Well, it gives us social currency. See, there's a difference. It makes us be more important. It makes us feel special. And it's interesting, you know, when people say, 
what should I do in social media marketing? Well, focus on your experience first. And I think that is the big thing in the evolution, which so many people don't understand. It's not what you're marketing. It's what your customers are saying about you. And it starts with the experience. So tell me how like one of the first aha moments that you may have had with a brand, because you work with a lot of brands that was like, wow, this works. Yeah. The easiest ones, like I'll start just with like our, we we do a lot of hotels. Now, granted, some hotels have it a little harder, right? Because maybe they're in a business park district, some rural part Mm -hmm. of the country, which is maybe a little harder. Obviously, the ones that have it pretty easy are all the resorts like in Florida or on the West Coast or Hawaii or whatever, because who doesn't want to take pictures there, right? So they have it pretty easy. But for me, like the aha moment, I think was definitely, like I just said, was back when we worked at this place called Altitude Sky Lounge. It's just one, because they had those sweeping views of Petco Park and San Diego Bay. And it's like, we could go up there and try to stage photo shoots as much as we want, which we did back then. Like, oh, we need to do a photo shoot. Let's go up there. We'd hire some models and take pictures. And, and I even made fun of this in my presentation. I think you saw this. There was like a local taco shop. I don't want to say their name anymore. And they hired models to like eat their tacos and they take these pictures. And this is what they're posting on social media. It was so cheesy. Like it was some guy who had like this big smirk on his face. Like who eats tacos like that? Nobody does. And not only that, he was like at the beach eating a taco. Like, and I know this taco shop. I'm not going to go buy their tacos and drive 40 minutes to the beach. It's going to be a cold, wrinkled out taco at that point. But going back to what you said, the aha moment, like the best content we got for Altitude, it's this place called Altitude Sky Lounge, was all the content created by their guests. And it wasn't just the views. Because like for us, it was always so easy. Let's take the view shots. For them, it was like, you talk about the experience. It was them having a blast. It was them having a good time. It was celebrating a bachelorette party. Or they were going there for a baseball game, an opening day. And it's a bunch of buds just having fun, enjoying a baseball game together. But they didn't want to buy a ticket in the stadium. They're going to this rooftop bar to get the bird's eye view in there and have some beers and happy hour, whatever it was. And just those photos told the story so much better than what we could have done. And so that was really cool like from a, a client perspective. But then from my own perspective, just like with products, it's sometimes it's really obvious with your business, like with the Savannah Bananas, it's an experience at a baseball stadium, right? And of course, Altitude was an experience at a, a restaurant or bar. People have experiences at hotels. The one I love, and I use this in my example too, is I like the brands too, that they just get you to feel a certain way, like with products and services. And the one I gave was Yeti, which is the cooler company. And I mean, those things are not cheap, right? Yet they have, and for the listeners out there, they have, they make these coolers that range from like, uh, I almost say like $200 to $1,500. The commercial, like fishermen have to buy those, right? which is a lot for a cooler. And then they also have like mugs and ramblers. And actually I'm drinking out of one right now. It's a coffee mug. They have a a massive fan base of people who literally just have a feeling of, and I think the hashtag they use like built for the wild. And it's just very like this whole feeling of like, this thing's indestructible. It'll keep your, your coffee hot, your, your beverages cold. I mean, there's people sharing photos of them, like putting ice cream in these things, like when it's really hot to keep it like from melting. And people just love the product. They're the epitome of a brand ambassador. And the best part about it is the captions that people share when they post that stuff on social is word of mouth marketing, right? It's testimonials. It's like, oh my God, this is the best product ever. Like, I love this. Like, my coffee has been hot for days kind of stuff. That's just so cool. And like, people have that strong emotion to it. And truthfully, I've probably spent way too much money on Yeti products now. Like, it's sad. 
So, so Tyler, where do you start? Because I think the, the key is, and obviously this is something we think about constantly with the bananas, but yep. how do you create this experience? It's like, oh, well, Yeti just created a great product. If I'm a heating and cooling company, if I'm a restaurant, you got to look inwards on the experience, but think almost, is it shareable? Will people yep. want to talk about this? You give great examples of your presentation, but share a little bit someone that's watching. And it's like, our customers need to do the marketing more. It can't be us. Where do you start? Totally. And I think one thing to really reiterate why it's important now more than ever is when I was talking earlier about how we used to have it so easy to get our content out there. The reality is now a lot of businesses struggle to get their content out there. Like we can, we see it. And I, I think I even gave an example at Social Media Marketing World, like Yeti, or no, it wasn't Social Media Marketing World. It was another presentation I gave recently though. Even though Yeti has this massive following and they have like this rabid fan base, if you go look at a lot of their organic posts, for example, on Facebook, if about a million fans, they're lucky if like 1% of that audience is even engaging with their content. That means they're not reaching that many people, right? So the challenge is like businesses nowadays on social media are having a hard time getting in front of their audiences organically. And that's why, to your point, like where we really want to embrace user-generated content is because to me, that's where you can still achieve success organically and you're not having to do it. You're having other people do it for you and it's more authentic, more believable. So user-generated content is the new organic marketing. Yeah, that's what I like to say. So yeah, exactly. UGC is the new organic social for business. Yeah, because uh-huh. you're right. You have Facebook posts, everything. I mean, it's just not happening anymore unless everyone else is talking about it or you get a lot of shares and you can't try to make something viral. Your customers potentially make something viral. You don't make something viral. Exactly. Totally. So we've known that. We've talked about it. Like UGC has more influence. People find it more trustworthy. Yeah. We have statistics that say it affects purchasing decisions. So to answer your question, you said like, okay, well, what do you do? How do you get more of it, right? You got to have a strategy. And that's where I think a lot of people fail. They just kind of hope, fingers crossed. I hope our customers are going to share some content. And they might try to do a strategy. They might say, oh, well, we promote a hashtag, right? Well, is that really your strategy? Are you like, do you have a call to action to use that hashtag? I see so many times they'll just blast a hashtag like on the bottom of something and thinking that people are going to share it. Why would they share it, right? So to me, you got to have that strategy and you got to ask yourself, okay, what are your goals? Is it to grow your account? Is it to get more reach? Is it to actually sell products? Like that can differ, right? But you got to have some some goals. You got to determine like how you're going to try to measure those goals. Is it kind of going back? Is it website traffic? Is it people showing up? Is it if you want to leverage this content and get permission to use it? Is it just building a bigger database? All this or a photo library of all this content you might want. So You got to do that. And then one thing I think before you like write out your plan or your strategy, I think where a lot of businesses fail is, and this isn't even with a UGC strategy, I think this is just with marketing in general, they don't properly have their target market identified and that are those customer avatars. And so to me, like you got to determine that another phrase forms like brand personas, right? Like I'm I'm sure you may be done to some degree and more than just like, oh, when you ask me like, who's your target customer? They say, oh, everybody. Like, (laughs) No, like who is it? Get really more detailed. And they're like, oh, well, it's, it's men, 25, 54. They treat it like a broad demographic because that's what they did as traditional marketers when they're buying television or radio, right? Or outdoor. No, you go even deeper. And it's like, okay, so for, and I'm just totally making this up. You, I'm going to totally spitball here. I would assume, now granted, you would go through proper exercises, but a Savannah Banana avatar, you might have like three avatars, right? <laughs> but one avatar literally might be Wayne, and Wayne is a, 38-year-old father of three children. You know, he obviously lives in Savannah, Georgia. He maybe um, is an auto mechanic and his wife works at the local grocery store 
and they make roughly like $60,000 a year as a household family, and they love baseball, but they're also looking for quality, fun entertainment um, that's affordable that they can take all their kids to. It's super detailed information, and you have that because now when you, and you might have that for Wayne, you might have that for Wendy, and you might have that for um, Tommy, and those are your three avatars. Now when you're coming up with your strategy, you're putting yourself in their shoes, and it makes it easier to like, well, what can we do that's going to create a shareable experience that Wayne's going to enjoy, that he's going to talk about, right? Or And that might be coming up with promotions. It could be having activations at the baseball stadium. Or if you're a business, it might be like packaging for the products. Like you got to put yourself in your customer avatar shoe to start. And then that's when you build out that strategy. So that's where you got to start. That makes a lot of sense. You know, for us, it's always been interesting. You got me thinking. And for us, we've always kept it simple. Is it fans first? As a creative fans first experience, is it fun? And like, that's what we ask. And yes, we've done, we went undercover. I think I shared before we do undercover fan where we actually go undercover, put ourselves in our fans yeah. shoes and go through the experience. But for us, it's like our brand is simple. Fans first and fun. And the challenges, I think for a heating and cooling company or a certain restaurant or that, there may be a certain demographic for us yeah. in the entity. We have three year olds dancing and we have 80 year olds dancing. So, but I think you need to know kind of what is that experience that you're trying to provide. And I, sure. I'd love to go in some of the examples because you talk about shareable experiences in the donut bar. You talk about yeah. some of these other places. It's like, like the donut bar, a lot of people like donuts and yep. they're just trying to make it where it's shareable for everyone. So explain some of these. Yeah. So we have what we call like a checklist. I think the first one is even before you talk about the shareable experiences, this goes back to like people who have hashtags and stuff. Like yes. you have to ask for it. Like, yep. yes, some people will instinctively share content and especially if it's like a no brainer, like a beautiful view shot of a baseball stadium overlooking downtown San Diego Bay. I get that. Right. But some people don't have those. And so you just need to ask for it. And so one of the examples I gave is a restaurant group in uh, Irvine called The Ranch. And no one would ever have any idea that this place is even a restaurant. The building literally looks like the building from The Office, the television show. Yeah. And a bottom floor, because it is like a medical device company, which also has like a heat, like the whole office complex. Yeah, so yeah. the bottom floor, the owner, because he, he moved from out east, or I think he's actually from North Carolina. Okay. He wanted to build a really high-end steakhouse called The Ranch, right? You never know it's there. And of course, people like to take pictures while they're at The Ranch, but... They don't always maybe think to share it, right? And so they made an operational procedure. So they've trained their wait staff when they see people out busting out their smartphones, taking pictures of whatever it is. The wait staff will, was all trained to walk up to those individuals and say, hey, would you like me to take a picture of you two tonight or your group tonight? And when they would do that, as they would hand the smartphone back, they say, hey, make sure you tag us on Instagram. Our handle is here. And of course, they also had it printed on the menu. So we see a lot of businesses who might print it, but are you asking for it? And that's really what it is. And just that subtle ask, if you go search the hashtag for the ranch or their location tag on Instagram, you'll see tons of photos of people from the vantage point of a server or a bartender. So the first thing is asking for it. You know, it's so simple. Almost everyone, no matter what you're doing, you were at a music festival recently. It's like everyone that works for a company and they see people together, a family, say, hey, would you guys like your picture? And yep. even if they don't even ask or say to tag, just taking their picture, they're probably going to say tag at where they're at. And totally. that's the minimum you can do. You just gave me like an idea. Like you could totally have some person like wearing all yellow, maybe not your tuxedo. We don't want them to copy you. You could have somebody wearing all yellow. You call like the Savannah banana photographer and they literally run around and all like, Hey, why don't we take your photo? Bam. And they, they just ask, let me take your photo. And but then they actually don't have camera equipment. They only they don't have camera. Phones. They're paying for other people. <laughs> yeah. That's my point. 
they're out there. They're the photographer without the camera. But yeah, they, we're gonna grab your cameras and do it. It's your yeah. We need it like your iPhone or your phone photographer or something like your phone photographer. It totally. Can't, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Beautiful. So you know you got to ask, and I think I mentioned this too before, and even like at this music festival I was just at, I was talking about this with the client because, granted, it's pretty cool. It was this music festival is called Kaboo Texas. So it was at the Cowboy Stadium. Now, granted, like, yeah, there's some cool stuff in there, but they built this giant, like, oversized logo of the word Kaboo. And Kaboo is spelled K-A-A-B-O-O. But it was this huge, giant, oversized, cool design. They strategically placed it. Obviously, they lifted up the field turf, but they took that Dallas Cowboys star and put that right in front of it. And then they, they had it, like, instantaneously. People could look at this. They knew that was a selfie spot. Let's go take a picture there. We're letting everybody know we're at Kaboo. That's that branding, because if they didn't do that, if they just took a picture of like a random uh, photo of a stage, like that could have been one of a bazillion festivals, right? Now we know we're at this one festival. It says Kaboo. They made this really cool artistic version of their logo. That's what people took selfies. And I think I gave this example. I've seen so many brands who like, sadly, we had a few clients who, who even come to us for this and they'll say, we want to create a selfie spot. I'm like, All right, yeah, we'll do it. But then they like, they put the verbiage selfie spot. <laughs> Right. If you have to say it's a selfie spot, it's not a selfie spot. Not a selfie spot. Yeah. Nobody wants to take a picture there when you're telling me to do that. So, yeah. you know, definitely ask for it. And that's where it's like you got to create those environments where they're going to want to share it. 100%. So we got a wooden banana like made and it like our logo. And at first, my president told me, I go, how much was it? It goes $1,500. In my mind, like 1500 bucks. And then I saw everyone putting their arms around it and taking pictures. And again, yeah. someone says, all right, we're going to spend $1,500 on marketing. Okay. But if someone says I'm going to spend 1500 on a monument that people are going to do the marketing for you, they're like, yeah. no. And it's crazy. I mean, Tyler, I think every single company should have a mascot. Every company yeah. should develop a mascot. I don't care if you're an accounting firm. I don't care if you're insurance. Have a mascot that goes around and gets pictures with people. It will pay for itself times 10. I love that. That's a great idea, for sure. And then we were talking about another one is like those shareable experiences. And you mentioned the donut bar. So you're right. Like, Who doesn't like to take a picture of a donut, right? What the donut bar that does is different is they make the experience when you go to buy donuts, it's an experience in itself. Like, first of all, because they create these really elaborate donuts, they sell out every morning by about 10 a.m. Like, so there's usually a line out the door at six in the morning. People want to get them. And when I say these elaborate donuts, like if there's special events that are happening around the, whether it's, I'm making this up off the fly, but like I've seen them in San Diego, for example, like when Comic-Con's happening, They'll do like Darth Vader themed donuts or Spider-Man or stuff that's comic related. If it's obviously a national event, like I think when Avengers was yeah. just out, the movie that everybody in the world saw, but I have not seen it yet. I still have actually never seen any of the Avengers. So I'm screwing this up. I don't know all the characters, but they have like themed donuts for that, for example. Or if it's the Super Bowl, they'll do custom donuts for that. And they're not just standard donuts. They're massive, Jesse. They're like four donuts in one. Like if you ate one, you'd die. You'd have to share it with somebody. And so obviously even at social media day, like I just called them up and I'm like, Hey, I want to talk about this because I noticed you crush it on social. You're always featuring UGC. People are sharing everything from the lineup and door. They're taking pictures of your product, but they're also just taking pictures of them having fun at your location. Cause he, again, he has the experience. He doesn't have a selfie spot that he tells people is a selfie spot, but he knows that people are waiting out the door all the time. So he painted this really beautiful mural outside of the store that people are always taking pictures, of course, with donut bar branding and all that. And then for my event, he gave me custom Facebook and Instagram donut, knowing that I'm going to be at a social media conference and I'm going to be talking about them. What are people going to do? They're going to go up and take pictures of those Instagram donuts, right? Because it's at a social media conference. So he got tons of press from my presentation that day. Well, it's, it's knowing your customers, making your customer hero. What's going on? What do they care about? 
You know, often yeah. you just, it's all about you. Well, what are the people that are coming to your games or coming to your, your company? What do they care about? And then yeah. creating things for that. And, and I love that. Yeah. You got to ask for it. Number one, you got to yeah. create shareable experiences. Let me give another example too. This is not as obvious. It's a shopping mall, not like a huge shopping mall, but like one of those, what do you call them? Like, uh, you know, like the ones when you're driving on a road and there's like maybe no more than like 12 locations in the, it's a little like a complex. What? Like a plaza? Like a shopping mall? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like a plaza. There you go. So it's not a huge mall, but it's like a little shopping complex plaza. Yeah. These guys are great. Like this place was a dump a decade ago. A decade ago. It's called Flower Hill and it's in Del Mar, California. They went through a massive renovation about eight, eight years ago and they decided to put an artistic approach to it. And so they bring in local artists to create all these activations. And it's not just doing this once. This is where it goes back when I was saying about having a strategy is you also need to test this stuff out. Like if you do some type of activation and no one's sharing it, like if you, if you spent $1,500 on the banana and no one's taking a picture of the banana after six months, you're probably going to bore it and do something different, right? You got to do that, right? Maybe less than six months. But this one place, they would do all these cool activations where they little things like they would literally go buy an old broken down pickup truck and then they basically had the artist paint it and made it look all cool. And then they put planters in there to like make that into like a standard flower bed. Let's have this flower bed built in this beautiful pickup truck. Tons of people are taking pictures and sharing that. And then they're continuously having new activations throughout the year, whatever it is. One of the ones I, I shared down there is they have this wall. This is another pillar I'd say is like to evoke emotion. You want to get people to feel emotion about something. They're kind of what you're talking about fans first. There's probably an emotion element there too. And they would just paint on these murals like phrases and words. And one of them was good vibes only. And I know it sounds so simple, but it looked beautiful. It said good vibes only. Of course, people are walking in there, taking pictures of this mural and sharing that. Or they had a wall full of succulents, right? Mm. They're just continuously updating their activations at this little strip mall. And people are sharing it like crazy. Two examples that we've had everyone on our staff read. I don't know if you've read the book, but it's, it's a 20 minute read. Johnny the Bagger. It's about like, what's it called? called? It's Johnny the Bagger. It's a uh, Kenny okay. Blanchard, and it's about this young man with Down syndrome, and he works at a grocery store. And what he does is he decided to write messages with his dad on pieces of paper, and he put them to every single grocery bag. And all of a sudden, they noticed that the people would go to their car to put the bag, and they'd read this note from Johnny and just start laughing or feel good. And all of a sudden, the line started developing like crazy at this one station to go for Johnny the Bagger. And yeah. It's amazing, those things. And I think it was Stacy, it was her name, the cafeteria uh, woman that started writing on bananas and it went viral. We've actually reached out to her, flying her in, we're bringing her into a game. But for kids, yeah. she wrote positive messages on all the bananas and would give it to kids. It's such a simple thing. Think about anything that you have a touch point. Can you write a cool message that evokes like, wow, they actually care about me? Like, I think that is so simple that anyone would say, if you're not doing it, you're missing the boat. Absolutely. I mean, you can connect with people in the heart. Like, oh, that's game over. Game over, 100%. Yeah. We're going to get to our game because I didn't even tell you about that. We have games in the show, Tyler. But I want to talk briefly about the one that I ran out and told our president that you started talking about Soapy Joe's. I said, this is epic and we're going to do it. Tell me about so, Soapy yeah, Joe's. So this one is really the, probably the easiest one to some degree is like having contests, yeah. right? You can do some contests, not an easy way, but if you really have a business where it's going to be hard to get people to maybe share UGC... If you have a type of a contest of something that's really beneficial to them, then you can work for you. And yeah, the example I gave you is a car wash. Like it's a freaking car wash. <laughs> like who's happy about going to car wash? Nobody, right? And so uh, they have about maybe anywhere from like 12 to 15 locations, I think, in Southern California. It's called Soapy Joe's Car Wash. And they've been doing this promotion now for two years and it's been so successful. They're going to do it for their third year. 
and it's called car wash karaoke. And it's pretty simple. Like this is, I mean, I know the car washes can vary. The one that this one is one of those old fashioned ones where you drive in and you sit in your car as you're going through the car wash and then you come out and then it's up to you if you want to towel dry it off. So yeah, you just visit any of their locations and they would do this, I think in like September ish. And then you record a video of your best car wash karaoke performance while you're getting your car wash, which anybody can do because you're already playing the radio and you just belt out some song, right? And then you would post that and you tag them on in their Instagram handles and they gave a great prize. So they gave a thousand dollars and I feel like they also gave you a, an annual membership. So they have like memberships to their yeah. programs. And now did they get like millions of entries? No, but you know what they did? They got like some hilarious entries, like the stuff. And I, I shared some of those examples, like just go search car wash karaoke or Sophie Joe's. If you guys are listening, you'll see some of these things on Instagram. And they're hilarious. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, like fam- some people made it like a family affair. Like they'd have their kids dressed up like uh, from Wayne's World and they're all doing the Bohemian Rhapsody. Or some people like the easy thing to do is just bust out your phone and, and do it. But some people really want a thousand dollar prize. They were like, you could tell they were using multiple cameras, definitely like hiring or, or using some somebody to do the editing for them and making it look like a Beyonce production. But it, they were great. And they had over 500 entries though. Like think about that. And that's a car wash. That's still... A, do the math. If you went out and got permission to use some of that, that's a lot of content that you can use and repurpose. It's entertaining, you know, showing it. And I got to be honest with you. I never heard of Soapy Joe's yet. Like I kind of stumbled across this. It was super cool. They, I live in Southern California. I'm now a customer. I have monthly subscriptions in social media day to Soapy Joe's because I thought it was so cool. And actually, it's a really interesting. So I'm excited to see when they launch this promotion again. I might have to enter myself. But and that's what the, this is how you inspired me. I literally went back. I called a golf cart company making a deal to get a golf cart traded for free yep. for the summer. We're going to have our players pick up fans in the parking lot and do golf cart karaoke coming up to the stadium to drive in. Wow. And like that was inspired from you sharing the story. Anybody can do it. And how much did that cost? Zero. Because every single company has an opportunity to trade and we don't talk yeah. about it. There's ways to barter. So Tyler, that is inspiring. The Soapy Joe's our first game. All right. You ready? It's truth, love- truth and dare. What would you like first? Truth and dare. I'll take a truth. Truth. All right. This is real. This is going into you now. What's okay. one thing that's holding you back from success right now or greater success? Ooh, greater. I have to delegate more. Mm. Totally. I need to delegate more. I sometimes have a tendency to be a bottleneck and everything needs to be perfect, but definitely I need to delegate more. I know that would make a huge difference. So many entrepreneurs and leaders don't know how to let go. They keep wanting to do yep. it because they feel... And what I heard maybe at social media that it's okay it's just doing 80%. If what's getting done is 80%, but you're not doing it, that's how your company yep. can still grow. All right. Yeah. Now you ready for your dare? You're ready for my dare. All right. So this is done at our games. This actually gets shared pretty well. It's 4,000 people singing against each other. So it's 2,000 people in the main grandstand versus 2,000 people in the other grandstand. It's called Sing in the Blank. When the song lyric finishes... You have to finish that song lyric. So I will start a song, and then you got to finish that song lyric. And I will know it. You're pretty positive about um, that? Let's just say <laughs> the song is fitting what we were just talking about. Soapy Joe's. Okay. okay? Okay. Here we go. This ain't no place to be if you plan on being a Let me tell you, it's always cool. And the boss don't mind sometimes if you're at the at the Car wash at the car wash, yeah. At the car wash. I, I don't know anything beyond. No, they just keep saying yeah. car wash. I think you nailed it. You knew it's at the yeah. perfect. All right. You actually won the dare. Is that the first time you've sung car wash on a podcast? 
100%. Good. Well, you nailed it. And I'll make sure that our users share that to get some more user-generated content. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we've got some great ideas. Incentives, evoke emotion, anything else? Or do we want to go into, I'm intrigued about how you get the team to embrace this. Yeah. One, one other one too. I do want to talk about talk triggers. I don't know if you ever had Jay Bear on your show. Yes, but like, Jay's great. He was on earlier. Yeah. I think that's a great one. And like I kind of mentioned earlier about the ranch restaurant, they made an operational procedure and that's like what a talk trigger is. It's like you have a purposeful operational differentiator that can create that conversation amongst your customers and recruits potential new customers. And so the example I gave, which I love, because like I do do a lot of hotels and this is a, or we work with a lot of hotels. This is not a hotel we work with, but it's called graduate hotels. And they have these hotels and they're in basically near college campuses of larger colleges, college towns or in cities. So like Minneapolis by the University of Minnesota or in California, like Berkeley, rural places like Nebraska, University of Nebraska. You get the idea. And they have like these talk triggers. What I love about it is things that normally people would never share at hotels, they share when they're at the graduate hotel. So for example, if you go in the room at any graduate hotel, no room is the same amongst the other locations. Like, and no, nothing against Marriott. I mean, I've worked with Marriott, but if you go to a Marriott in some cities, they look exactly the same as another Marriott in another city. And, and I get people like that. But you go in the graduate hotels, like, and so for example, I think I asked at, at the conference, like, how many of you have taken a picture of your hotel room key card today? Like, only one person did it out of the room that had about six, 700 people in there. And the one person who did it was only because they had to take it so they could activate the mobile entry. Okay. <laughs> that was the only reason they took a picture of the hotel key card. I'm like, well, you know who takes pictures of their hotel room key cards? The graduate hotel guests. Because what they'll do is every city they have a location, and this is just like one of like 50 talk triggers they yeah. do. And like I, I had a ton of my presentation. I'm just going to give you one right here. Every city they have, they make their hotel ID cards unique to that area and they make it look like a student ID card and then they'll feature and it's not just one they'll feature like upwards of like 15 various local celebrities from that area so for example if you go to like the graduate hotel in Minneapolis you might get a room key card with uh, a photo of Prince like when it looks like his student ID card like when Prince was a, a younger guy or Mary Tyler Moore or Lonnie Anderson I mean, they're featuring local people from Minnesota or if you went to the graduate hotel in Atlanta is like Dominique Wilkins, who's like a legendary basketball player there or some musicians that came remember who they were. But they had tons of those where they're getting people taking pictures of their lamps, wallpaper in their rooms, artwork, just tons of stuff. So I'd say that's another one that is underutilized is like, what's that operational procedure you can do? And I mean, I think that's what you do a lot of them internally with the Savannah Bananas. But I would challenge businesses to think of that one. Yeah, what's the one item? I mean, even yep. invoices. I mean, you can get unique on so many different things. And you yep. get more inspiration for you. What was the uh, one near a college that did the urinals or the urinal cakes or something? Yes, I asked her to so the University of Berkeley. I asked the crowd, like, who went to Berkeley? And, like, somebody raised their hand, like, who's your biggest rival? And she's like, Stanford. I'm like, okay. And then if you go to the, the lobby, you're, it's probably only the men's restroom. But if you go in the men's restroom at the lobby at, at the Graduate Hotel in Berkeley, and you go in there, the urinal is literally, has a Stanford Cardinal logo on it. It's all red. Basically, they're saying P on Stanford, right? Yes. <laughs> and now we've done the same with our Make and Bacon rival. So we've actually purchased oh, a hundred yeah. urinal cakes for that. And again, it's just, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because if you can look at yeah. all these different points, I love it. So talk triggers are huge. Jay, an episode uh, a couple months ago, he aired. He was awesome. So sure. just how, getting your team involved. How do you get the team to think of all these ideas to create a better user experience? Yeah, well, I think it goes back to just like, getting them involved from the, the get-go. So when we talked about the strategy, like I would get anybody who has a lot of 
FaceTime or interacting with your customers, I would definitely get them involved. You'd be surprised. Like they're the ones who are going to know what is going to resonate with them. They're going to know like when maybe people have the opportunities to share content about your business because they're they're more involved with it, right? So I think just one other example I gave is, and this one kind of aligns with another pillar, but like uh, keeping or making your customers successful, right? Yeah. And the example I gave too, like if you have a customer who's happy, that does not mean they're going to refer you out. But if somebody, if you made a customer successful to some degree, they're 100% going to refer you out because other people are going to say, hey, I noticed you're doing this really well. Like, who do you use for that? Or what helped you with that, solve that problem? And they're going to refer you out. So uh, the example I gave was a um, pediatric dentist business called the Super Dentist. And this actually, I love this too, this aligns with what you said earlier about having a mascot. They literally were way ahead of the curves and they had somebody design like cartoonish characters of them. And like they gave their whole personalities. And they did this back when the first Incredibles came out in like 2004. But they make, if you think about it, their customer is parents, right? And first time parents have no idea like what they're doing when it comes to that very first dentist visit, right? And kids hate the dentist the first time. They don't want to go. And this uh, particular pediatric dentistry, when they went through this rebranding, they involved their team and they got everybody involved. And they're like, what can we do? And through a collection of brainstorming, they're like, well, what if we made this more like a comic experience for young children and like actually gave it like, made it like an experience, a playful experience. They're not going to the dentist. They're going to this fictitious land where there's superheroes and they're doing all these fun things and they literally made their entire practice like this far-fetched land far far away where there's a super dentist and it's an experience and now those parents they're successful because their kids had an amazing experience first experience with a dentist so what are they doing they're referring it out they're writing amazing five-star reviews that all happened because they got it wasn't just that they came up with this idea or hired somebody they got the input of their entire staff because those, and to bring that full circle, like when they're talking to some of the hygienists, they're like, well, you know, the kids like comics. They, they We know a lot more in the Incredibles right now. But what if we kind of came up with this like new theme where we had like, you know, you guys as superheroes and that's, that's where it came from. You know, there's two great things there, Tyler. Number one, do you know what winning looks like for your customer? Because if you don't know what it's like, you can't provide it. Good luck. So I think people need to write down what is like the perfect experience. What is someone saying, honey, you won't believe what happened tonight with this company. They saved the day. They made the day. They did this. I think companies need to map that out and map. What are people saying about it? Like, what are their testimonials? Write it out. What's that ideal script that they're writing and backwards that up. And then the number two thing, which you brought to me like about the dentist, think about how Walt Disney started. They started solely with a picture, an animation of a mouse. And then the mouse went on TV. And then the mouse became a character. And then the mouse became larger than life. Then the mouse went on everything. It started with a character. Why doesn't every company look at what are these characters? Start with the kids and start going from there. If you get the kids loving what you're doing, the parents fall in love as well. And that's winning. Your parents win if your kids win. And so like any company that's trying to take care of parents, think about the kids first. And that was an aha moment for me. It's like, I should do more with our mascot. I should do more, not just about our characters. So. All right, you got me going, Tyler. You definitely got me going now. <laughs> I love what you just said. Like, what is winning like to your customer? If you should do anything, we talked about creating strategy on it, but like, if you can't even answer that question, well, you got a huge road ahead of you, you know? So, good luck. Good luck. All right, we'll finish, we'll finish with some rapid fire here. Now, I'll give a plug to your awesome podcast, Casual Fridays. You had me on it, and I've been grilling you for the last 30 minutes. Now you get to grill me with one question it's flip the script. You are the host of business done differently. So you got one question. One question. Ooh, okay. Well, let's see. Now you did put me on the spot. Kind of keeping this. Okay, let me, let me do this. What was your biggest UGC failure? Ooh, 
I'm a big believer you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, I share this a lot. Yes, I don't look, I, I, I fast forward through a lot of the failures because we have so many, but the one that I've talked about a lot is our world's largest tickets. So in 2014 with our former team, I created tickets that were literally the size of huge posters. And I thought this is going to be a great item for kids to be able to put up on their walls. Like we, when Russell Wilson played for us back in gas, I had him on a poster. I had all these pictures of players and the fireworks and everything. Our fans hated them. They're like, what are we supposed to do with these? They don't fit in our pockets. And no one shared them because they weren't practical. But I thought that was going to be something that everyone was going to be talking about. And that, that failed pretty miserably. (laughs) <laughs> that, but hey, but you learned from it. So oh, the so lesson there is probably like, whatever you're doing, else needs to be practical for your audience. So. 100%. Wait, so Russell Wilson played for the Savannah Rams? He played for the Gascony Grizzlies, our former team. Oh, gosh, okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, 2009. So I had that team for about 12 years and just sold them recently. But yeah, yeah craziness. That's cool. Yeah, good stories about Russell. He was unbelievable. Not a great baseball player, but an unbelievable person. And what he did for the fans, he just got it. But okay, we just asked the question, like, what does winning look like? What are some other great questions you're asking companies? I think if you want better answers, you got to ask better questions. What are some other questions you're saying, like, this will get us to where we're trying to go? So to me, like with most clients we always work with, whenever I have like my initial calls, like I always ask them, what are your short-term goals? Like if you're looking for us, like what are you trying to accomplish in the next three months, right? I know a lot of times people get so fixed on the big grandiose goal, but like sometimes like I'm a big believer, those little wins can move you or inch you towards those other things. So what does winning look like the next couple of months? I always ask that, or what are your goals? And then definitely, like, at the end of the day, it's like, what's your biggest problem? What's keeping you up at night? What What's the one problem if we could solve that you would turn around and refer me out to 10 different people? Like, when I get those questions answered, I think that kind of lines back with what you just said. Like, then you now know what winning is. Like, that's how you're set up for success. That's how you're setting up and you're solving people's problems and you're going to have a successful business without yep. a doubt. Everyone's so afraid to talk about problems, but you got to start there. If you don't know what yep. people's problems are, you can't solve them. We've got it. Talking yep. about problems is good. I heard Carly Fiorina talk the other day. She's like, the difference between leaders and managers is leaders run for problems, run to problems. They want to yep. solve them. Managers are okay with the status quo. Leaders look for problems, which I thought yeah. was pretty interesting. So, all right, quick service question. Now that's what I call service. What's some of the best service you've received? Anything that stands out, either at a restaurant, hotel, anywhere, you name it, airline, that really stands out for you? Well, I mean, I can always give the easy ones, but I want to try to see if I can think of something that's different than that. Because like, I have had great experiences with some of the bigger brands. Oh, actually, I'm going to do one. So Casper, are you familiar with Casper? Yeah, the, uh, the mattress company. Yeah, so they launched these things called Glow Lights. Are you familiar with these? They're pretty no. cool. My my wife's like really into like health and fitness and organic this and everybody should have eight hours of sleep every night. Anyway, she like hates like she'll do like device free weeks with my kids and all that and trying to keep them off of like iPads, iPhones, all that. She knows that the devices are bad and screen time after eight o'clock is really bad because of like the blue lights, right? And so Casper came out with these special lights that you flip them over, they turn on, you flip them over again, they turn off, they don't plug in, they just automatically recharge, but then they gradually like dim, like, and you can set the time cycle. It's supposed to mimic sunrise and sunset, cool. natural flows. Anyway, I decided to buy that for her, her gift. And I went on their website and it said promo code. I'm sure we've all done this. You see promo code. What do you do? You go over to Google, search promo code. Is there anything out there? Am I going to save any money? There's nothing like, oh, what the heck? Sent them a message on social media. Hey, I see a promo code. Can you, you got anything you can offer? They responded like minutes and they gave me like a 20% off discount code. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. Okay. And then how was it shipped? Was it, I hear they do a pretty good job with the presentation too. Yeah. Oh, it looks cool. Now, granted, it wasn't a mattress, but yeah, like the glow light packaging was awesome. And we loved it. My, we bought five of them. It was kind of expensive, but that was my birthday gift to my wife because we her to have better sleeping patterns for our kids. And so we bought five, one for everybody. And, Kids love them. They're great. Cool. So I love it. 
Last few here, rapid fire. Magic moment. Is there a moment that stands out for you, either business, personally, professionally, either one that really stands out? Magic moment. For me personally, I'm going to say it goes back to just, I'll give one here. My magic moment actually goes back to the UGC with altitude and all that, because without a doubt, that was my first in to a hotel group. So just to give some context, that bar, that's a rooftop bar, it's owned by a hotel. Okay. And when I started my agency, like I was a solopreneur, man, I was doing it just by myself, like a lot of people. I was the one writing all that copy, doing all that. That's why I was leveraging UGC because I didn't have time to go and do photo shoots all the time. But we were doing such a good job for that one hotel that after a while, they asked us to, or for the bar, they asked us to then take on the social media for the hotel. And that opened up a huge opportunity to get my foot in the door with that ownership group, which owned other hotels. And the next thing they asked me to work with properties out in Atlanta. Fast forward, now my company's not just one single entity or one solopreneur anymore. I have the, a full-on team of over 20 people. So that's, amazing. that's probably my moment. I always like, look back at that client and just doing what we did the, that magic year, that 2000, I think it was 2011. So Wow. And you still work with them? Yeah. Still, still work with them to this day. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. All right. Final four quickly. What is one thing you've done in business to stand out? I think taking a chance on social. I worked in traditional media and back in, so I worked for a radio station, a top 40 radio station, like the hits, you know, all that stuff. And I created on my own when I was like 25, I created the radio stations, MySpace profiles. I was like using it to help promote my clients like Pepsi and vitamin water and they loved it. And there's like, you know, we would do these remote to grocery stores. Like I'm sure you've all seen it where the radio station shows up, plays the tents and they're doing promos. Well, Pepsi would like give us these merchandising kits of like Xboxes. And sad to say, a lot of people didn't show up to these remotes. Like you promote on the radio station and we, we call them prize pigs because they were generally the first or the same, like 10 people who show up to every single remote. All they're trying to do is get the prizes. But I started promoting these events through MySpace and we would get like 100 people showing up. I'm like, okay, there's something to this social media thing. And that's when the light bulb went off for me to like go start my own agency. So I was, I was ahead of the curve, man. I started my business in 2009, like literally pretty early. So that was way ahead of the social media marketing curve by far. If you were to go back when you just started, what's something you would do differently? If I had to go back, oh, man, that's a great question. So there's two sides to that. One, there's a part of me to some degree that thinks maybe I, because I started at the same time as people like Mari Smith and Amy Porterfield and a lot of them, and they all went from the personal branding route. I went and built an agency route and I see a pro and con to both sides. Right. I love the agency. Don't get me wrong. But then there's some days where it's like, it'd be kind of one of my mentors always said, you keep it small, you keep it all like less problems. The more people you have, you know, this, the more people you employ, the more problems can happen. And I don't know. Some days I'm like, man, should I, should I really gone the personal branding route and created coursework or something different? Maybe. I think the other thing, if I had to go back and do some things differently, I wish I would have pushed a little bit more on the ads game sooner with clients. Like we were kept being a little bit more resistance. Oh, we can still get successful organically. I know we talked about that. You can with UGC, but it's tough sliding for brands right now. It's really tough. Like I, we speak to some clients, unless you have a huge ad budget, if you're, especially you're just starting out, it's tough. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Final two. What's the best advice you've received? Man, I just said keep it small, keep it all. I don't know. <laughs> so that might be one of it. If that's that's, it, from, that's from one of my mentors. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm all about scaling and growing a business, but I'm also about a quality lifestyle. Mm. And if, if your goal is to, if you don't want to go and build a business that you're going to like sell or get acquired for millions and millions of dollars, if you just want to have a lifestyle business, which I'm not going to lie, there's some days that's what I do want. Like I want to have that ability to, to be around my kids and take them to school at 
every morning, which I do do, and pick them up at, at 2.33 o'clock every day and coach them in sports, there's nothing wrong with keeping it small. And so that was for my mentor back when I worked in 2002. He, just, he had his own business. He's like, here's what you want to do. You keep it small, you keep it all. Less friction, less problems. So I'd probably go with that one. I love it. A great book that, that just really changed my mindset of that was uh, Company of One by Paul Jarvis that just came out. And it's about, it's outstanding. It covers that thing. It's like, you don't just have to grow for growth's sake. Yep. It's really great. I have to say too, just because I'd, I'd fail if I didn't say it. I think, I think the other one, I've heard this from numerous people and we kind of alluded to it earlier. It's ultimately like just make people successful. And we talked about that today, I, but that's, and it's not just clients, but it's everything. It's your family, it's your friends. Like if you go through life and you just you focus on like, how do I make every person who I interact with that day, how do I brighten up their day or make them successful, make them happy or whatever? You're going to just live a much better life. I can tell you that right now. Well, so. exactly. You said it best. You can get everything you want in life. You can give everyone else what they want. And, uh, totally. and on the back of our fans first playbook that we share with the whole staff, it says, for me, it says, be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. And that's been a game changer. So, all right, finally, maybe on this note too, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, so to me, for like, like, I think it's a great question. To me, the legacy is my kids. Like, I want to be remembered by the impact my kids make on this world, right? Because then I did my job. So I know a lot of people get so fixated on making money. And yeah, it's cool to donate stuff. But a lot of times people forget that at some point. But I go through like my legacy is going to be my children. So what can I do as a parent to raise the most amazing kids who are going to make a very positive impact on this world? And I've done my job because then they can pass it on to future generations. That's how I look at it. Well, I'm sure you are, my friend. I'm sure you will, my friend. I'll tell you, I've loved connecting with you. Now we've done both each other's shows. Yeah. I was just that guy in the back row in a yellow tuxedo hearing you at Social Media Marketing World. And you've made an impact. So now we are going to have new urinal cakes. We're going to have golf cart karaoke and a brand new Savannah Van Anna, which is a 1960s old school van that we've decked out that's going to be our ballpark, all because of your talk. So Tyler, where else can people learn more about what you're doing? Because I tell you, you need to put these things in your business. That's how you'll start growing and uh, making an impact. Yeah, I mean, if you check me out at casualfridays.com uh, is our agency website. Of course, that's where you can find the podcast. You can hit me up on social media. I'm Tyler J. Anderson, pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you call it. Definitely reach out to me. Very approachable and easy to connect with. And then if you are leveraging UGC I and mean, you need a cool tool to help get that legal permission, I also have a product called TAC. So you can find that at foundontac.com. That streamlines the process of one, acquiring the user-generated content, then also managing it too. So yeah, I would love to connect with anybody who's listening to the show. And I got to someday get down to Savannah and check out a game. <laughs> We'd love to have you, man. We, we have a lot of pressure on us to generate a lot of content for you, but I think we can do yeah, it. So. That would be a blast. Oh, thanks a lot. You're a rock star, man. And thanks for everything you're putting out in the world. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.